You're listening to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's style is very unique, where he shares the message of the gospel unlike anyone else. It's real, refreshing, focused, and fun. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe in a difficult place, or possibly even in a very lonely place, let me encourage you that you've come to the right place. Now, if you're not able to stick around with us for all of today's talk, you can always listen to, download, and even share this entire message with a friend right from our website, richardellistalks.com. So, with today's talk, here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is Sheepdog. All right, let me read you a little story here. Keith Miller writes, years ago when our daughters were very young, we dropped them off at our church's children's chapel on Sundays before the 11 o'clock service. One Sunday, just as I was about to open the door to the small chapel, the minister came rushing up. He said he had an emergency and asked if I'd speak to the children at the story time. He said the subject was the 23rd Psalm. Just as I was about to get up from the back row and talk about the Good Shepherd, the minister burst into the room and signaled to me that he would be able to do the story after all. He told the children about sheep, that they weren't smart, needed lots of guidance, and that a shepherd's job was to stay close to the sheep, protect them from wild animals, and keep them from wandering off and doing dumb things that would get them hurt or killed. He pointed to the little children in the room and said that they were the sheep and needed lots of guidance. Then the minister put his hands out to the side, palms up in a dramatic gesture, and with raised eyebrows said to the children, if you're the sheep, then who is the shepherd? He was pretty obviously indicating himself. A silence of a few seconds followed, then a young visitor said, Jesus, Jesus is the shepherd. The young minister, obviously caught by surprise, said to the boy, well then, who am I? The little boy frowned and then said with a shrug, I guess you must be a sheepdog. (laughs) I remember the look on that young minister's face every time I get to thinking that I am the shepherd in charge of some of God's sheep. There's only one shepherd of the flock, and I am not he, he said. Now, I'm going to read a ton of scriptures, and I actually went through this and tried to cut some out, was not successful. So hold on, here we go. I need you to start in Psalm 23, and we'll read through that and then keep moving left to right. Let me give you some, while you're looking for that, some facts about sheep. A one-year-old sheep is actually called a hogget. Another one... There are about 900 different breeds of sheep in the world. One pound of wool can make 10 miles of yarn. The small intestines from 11 sheep are needed to make one tennis racket. If you're playing tennis and want to think about that. Sheep have poor eyesight, but an excellent sense of hearing. Remember this one. They have poor eyesight, but an excellent sense of hearing. There are 150 yards of wool yarn in a baseball. There are about one billion sheep on the planet. That's a lot of sheep. The last one, sheep prefer running water when they drink. And I think that would apply to us as well as human beings in a spiritual sense. So Psalm 23, jump in here with me. It's a very personal thing here. People say, well, it's not just about me, it's about us. It better be about you or you'll never make it to the us. And at some point, this spiritual journey, your relationship with God has to be personal. And David was a shepherd, so he's writing this, and then he turns it and says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, just so I don't forget this, let me just put it out there and kind of tell you where we're going. You need a shepherd. 
Now, I'm always aware that when I say these things here, I'm saying it to people who are not gathered in a church. They're sitting at home in a car, wherever they may be, and they're listening. We have a lot of people that listen beyond here who are not connected to a church. You have no shepherd. Now, you say, well, but according to this, if the Lord is my shepherd, I do have a shepherd. I'll read you some more verses that demonstrate that you should be flocking to a local church. You say, well, I got burned. Somebody said something, did something. You've got to get over this stuff and say, well, I'll go to some other place. You can't go jumping every two weeks. You've got to just realize that, you know, the sheep where you're going are just as dumb as we are. I do stupid things. You do stupid things. It's just the nature of the beast. You need a flock of sheep. You need a shepherd. You need covering. You need people who know who you are, where you are, what's going on. Are you okay? Are you not okay? And you think, well, I'm cool. I got my ticket to heaven and me and Jesus have our own thing and we do what we want to do when we want to do it. Don't be putting that we on him. If you're walking with God, he is going to lead you to a body of believers, a flock of sheep. And people say to me, well, I can worship God out here wherever. No, you can't not the way you're intended to. It says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. You say, well, we're just trying to get people to go to church. I'm not trying to get people to go somewhere. I'm trying to get us to be something, to be the church. And when it works, it is an amazing thing. Does it have problems? Yes. But David here says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. If he is your shepherd, you're not gonna be in want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, all these things. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul, leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. You're with me, your rod, your staff, they comfort me. And by the way, those two things can be painful. It is a comfort to have a shepherd who comes along and pops you every once in a while and says, you're out of line, get back in the groove. Get back over here where you're safe. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You feed me even with the enemies around. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How are you going to beat that? You know why all that is true? Because the Lord is his shepherd. If the Lord is truly your shepherd, you're not going to want. You're going to be taken care of. So get hooked up with him. Listen to him. Figure out a way to get under his authority where he's not just the savior of your soul, but the Lord of your life and let him run things. Without him, you're gonna end up no place good. We all know this. We have been proving it for years. A sheep that has rolled over onto its back is called a cast sheep. It may not be able to get up without assistance. This happens most commonly with short, stocky sheep with full fleeces on flat terrain Heavily pregnant ewes are most prone. Cast sheep can become distressed and die within a short period of time if they are not rolled back into a normal position. When back on their feet, they may need to be supported by for a few minutes to ensure that they are steady. We got a planet, a country full of cast sheep. You got out there by yourself, on your back, can't get up, and there's no one around to help you. And sometimes the only person who can get you back up on your feet is a shepherd, someone that cares about you, not just your cash. And see, nobody needs God, nobody needs church until they're cast out there someplace on their back, on their butt somewhere and can't get up. And they know I'm gonna die here and I've gotten myself into this situation because I didn't need anybody. I can do it by myself. I don't want any accountability. I don't want anybody up in my business. I wanna do it my way. 
and now you're out there alone doing it your way and you could die your way and it's not very fun. Part of the reason these people here today are assembled is that they landed somewhere on their back and couldn't get up and God had mercy and sent someone, somebody came looking for you and helped you up, made sure you're okay and you had enough wisdom to say, I don't need to be by myself anymore. Go to Ezekiel chapter 34 and I'm gonna read through this pretty quick and maybe not every word of it but to just give you a vibe. You say, well, what does God think? I mean, David said, the Lord is my shepherd. How does God feel? What does he think? What does he look down here and see? Ezekiel 34, verse one, and the word of the Lord came to me saying to Ezekiel, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. Using, shepherds who use flocks for their own means. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who are sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd and they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth and no one was seeking or searching for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became food for every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds. And I will require my flock at their hand. I will cause them to cease feeding the sheep and the shepherds shall feed themselves no more for I will deliver my flock from their mouths that they may no longer be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, indeed I myself will search out. Now listen to this, this is God's heart. I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. Had any cloudy, dark days where you felt like you got scattered? Let me tell you something, God's coming looking for you, but the way he comes looking for you is through people. And you're in a bad place and you're working somewhere and some stranger walks in who's got their brain turned on and saying, God, use me. And they go, hey, how are you doing? What's your name? Tell me about yourself. And then you're having a conversation. You go, wow, this is crazy. I've been in a horrible place and I've asked God to help me. I'm cast. I'm out on my back here. I don't know what to do. And you showed up. That's how it works. That's why you've got to get your stuff together and be in the game. Because I can't be everywhere. The elders can't be everywhere. You've got to be where he's trying to take you. Verse 13, and I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel. And this is talking about the people of Israel. So you say, well, this doesn't apply to us. This is his heart. I am his child. If I get out there by myself, he's gonna come looking for me. That's how it works. In the valleys and all the inhabited places of the country, I will feed them in good pasture and their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away, bind up the broken and strengthen what was sick, but I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them in judgment. And then he starts going after the fat sheep, not taking care of the other sheep. Go to Matthew 7, verse 13. 
Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Now, this is a little bit discouraging, actually, to me, because you say, well, I'm trying. Everybody's going this way, and I'm trying to go through this narrow gate and this straight way, and few there be that find it. Don't give up. It is a narrow way, but it's worth living. You get one life. God has a plan. He has an intention for your life, and you have to keep chasing after him. He's chasing after you. You've got to follow him. You've got to stay close to him. You've got to listen to him. You've got to stay around godly people who can help you keep moving that direction. And then the next verse, 15, beware of false prophets, and look how they come. False prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. And I've told somebody this the other day. It is fascinating to me that they don't come in shepherd's clothing. They come in sheep's clothing. You say, well, I'm listening intently to the shepherd. I go to this church and the pastor seems to be saying everything is doctrinally sound. I'm okay. That may not be your only problem. The false prophet may come along beside you in sheep's clothing. How are you doing? What's going on? Oh, praise the Lord. God bless you. you got all this lingo, you know, kind of sheepish. Everything sounds right. And then all of a sudden they start interjecting like little something, something here and there. Oh, well, you know, that verse means this. Let me show you. And all of a sudden there's, well, let me show you. And they're trying to get you away from the flock with some crazy idea that really is a non-negotiable or it's not even true. Pay attention to what people say to you. And if someone says something to you, wow, that's interesting. Where is that in the Bible? Oh, I'm still not sure about it. I'm gonna get some advice, talk to people, find out if what you're being taught is truth. Because religion has come up with some crazy stuff that has nothing to do with what God's trying to get us to do. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. So watch their life, say, you know what, I'm out. You seem like a nice person, you smell like a sheep, look like a sheep, but your voice is too deep for me, I'm out. <laughs> Matthew 10, let's move through these pretty quick. Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, Jesus says, behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That is the tension. You say, oh, I'm just a happy Christian. Everything's gonna be okay and God's blessing me and you're blah, blah, blah. I said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's the answer, Jesus. <laughs> That's not all it says. Yes, he is the answer. But I am sending you out in the midst of wolves. Pay attention. Be wise as serpents, harmless as a dove. The serpent in the Bible depicted as Satan himself, a dove, the Holy Spirit. You have to have that balance. You have to be smart as a snake, a wise as a snake and think and realize how they think, and yet harmless as a dove on the other side. That balance, you cannot be naive. You have to use your brain and your heart and read the scriptures and be aware that this is not a safe planet. Go to Luke 15, one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. Verse one, then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. The Pharisees and scribes complained, saying this man receives sinners and eats with them. Are you being accused of that? If you're not being accused by religious people of hanging out with sinners and eating with them, you're probably not very close to Jesus. If all you're doing is huddling up with other believers, 
and that's all you know and all you're doing, something's wrong. We are supposed to be salt and light. And when salt is doing its job, it gets dumped in a pile of food and just kind of gives flavor, but it's a mess. Religious people ought to be furious with you because you're out there mixing it up with lost people. So he gives some stories here to explain this. So he spoke this parable to them, these men complaining about him hanging out with sinners and eating with them. What man of you looks at them? What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 90 and nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? There's a lost sheep. The 90 and nine are gonna be okay together. If they stick together, I'm gonna go get this one and come back. It made perfect sense to them. Because you go, oh, well, I got 100 and one's gone. We still got 99. That's okay. Let that one, you know, too bad. A shepherd doesn't treat him like that. I'll give you a verse in a minute to show you that he knows you by name. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me for I found my sheep, which was lost. Well, dude, you got 99. What are you making such a big deal about the one? Because everyone matters. See, you don't care about this sheep until this sheep ends up being you. And someone comes after you. Go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse one. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. Listen to this. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Somebody should know your name. God knows your name. But you ought to have enough relationship with him that when you hear his voice, you know it's him. And you go, yes, sir. And I will follow that voice. And some of us have not gotten to the place where we can distinguish between the devil and God himself. You need to be able to hear God's voice, know it's him and say, that is the Holy Spirit of God leading me in this direction. I'm going to follow. And not this, well, I just wasn't really sure. Keep reading. Sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. He leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So there is a voice recognition among sheep. You say, well, they can recognize. They can't see very well, but what can they do? They can hear really well. So they listen for the shepherd's voice. And when they hear that voice, they go, oh, that's our shepherd. Someone says, hey, sheep, over here. They go, that's not our shepherd. Do you know his voice? Because see, when you get in a situation where your battery is dead and you go into a deal and you hear his voice and he leads you in there and he says, speak to the guy behind the counter, you have to follow and do what you're told because he's trying to use you. He's trying to answer prayers and get to people, but you are the one he uses. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, okay, well, that didn't work. I'm gonna try it again in a different way, the same analogy. Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. Now he's the door and he's the shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, but a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep. If you underline stuff in your Bible, you need to underline that. God owns me. I am property and I am thankful to be so. I am bought with a price. 
a servant of the most high God, a slave, I am owned by God. The one who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. For the hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the father knows me, even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. And by the way, we are a part of that bunch. How do you think you became a Christian? You heard the shepherd. That's how you became a Christian. You heard him call your name. And you understood and believed that he died. He laid his life literally down to save you, to rescue you. You cannot be a Christian without hearing the shepherd's voice. You say, well, I didn't hear any voices. Oh, yes, you did. He spoke to your heart or you never would have believed. Keep reading. Therefore, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. Jump down to verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. And by the way, let me camp on this a second. Part of the lunacy out there is somebody coming along, a wolf in sheep's clothing will come along and say, oh dear brother, you know, you got involved in this behavior. You're not a Christian anymore. You're lost. You need to be resaved. It's not in there. What are you gonna do with this verse? I'll give them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Who's bigger than Jesus to take you out of his hand? Nobody. If you screw up, it doesn't mean you're lost. It means you need to get reconciled to God in your relationship, not eternally be saved again. It's not possible. And some of you come out of these churches and these backgrounds where people tell you, oh, my brother, you, you're out. If you died right now, you'd go to hell. Well, who's going to know when that moment is? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm saved. And boom, I'm not saved. Oh, now I'm saved. Boom, now I'm not saved. I mean, how are you going to do this? How far do you have to go to get out of it? If you're a Christian, you've got to settle this. You are a Christian now, whether you like it or not some days. So that's just a fact. No one can snatch you out of his hand. My father who has given them to me, he is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. So now he said, my hand, Jesus speaking, and now he says, my father's hand. You can't get out of his hand. I and my father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. First Peter 2, two more verses. First Peter 2, 25 says this, for you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. And he is ultimately that. And then the last little passage in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 and following. The elders who are among you, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers. And by the way, the word is not overlookers, it's overseers. There's a big difference in overlooking something and overseeing something not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Before Richard comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, richardellistalks.com. You'll find today's talk right there in the talks page, along with all of Richard's messages. You can even forward them to a friend so they can hear them too. You'll also find the prayer wall to add your prayer requests. 
a link to connect with us, the contribute page for you to be able to give to this ministry, a radio station finder, all our social media links, and much more. So check it out, richardellistalks.com. And Richard's back now to wrap up today's talk. I pulled up some video researching for this on YouTube of shepherds, flocks of sheep, and sheepdogs. Go watch you some sheepdog videos. Now that is an amazing thing to see. And all that shepherd, one of them I saw, the shepherd would stand sheep out in front of him. I saw a flock of a thousand sheep and there were about four or five dogs working this flock. And the shepherd would stand there and he'd put his hand out like this and those dogs would take off on a hand gesture. That's who I wanna be. First time obedience. When he speaks your name, when he motions, you don't even get yes sir out, you are moving. And then we stay together and it works. And the chief shepherd gets all the credit, all the glory. And we end up together and we live together and we die together and we spend forever together. And we find some stray sheep out there and we welcome them in. And maybe they get brought in on somebody's shoulders and you can't be jealous that they're getting more attention. They got found, we're gonna help them. And at some point that was you. Thanks for listening today to Richard Ellis Talks. We're confident that the program blessed you and we want to hear about it. One way is to give us a call and let us know. The number is 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is to drop us an email. Jump on over to our website, richardellistalks.com and click on the Connect tab at the top. We'd love to hear from you. And while you're there at the website, there's a ton of great stuff there just for you. Things like all of the talk from Richard, a prayer wall where you can leave your prayer request, and a whole lot more. Check it out, richardellistalks.com. Finally, we love doing this program for you, but we're so grateful when you hop on board to help us with the cost. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD, or you can contribute through the website. It's easy and much appreciated. 855-6-RICHARD or richardellistalks.com. Until next time, God bless you, and thanks for listening to Richard Ellis Talks. Richard Ellis Talks.